Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At this point, most shows are winding down. Roy is just getting started. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Tomorrow, the French will vote on who their next president is going to be. Will it be Emmanuel Macron, who has no political experience whatsoever? Or will it be Marine Le Pen, the uh, leader of the um, Front National? I think she stepped down as leader um, during the election campaign. But anyway, she's titularly, from most people's minds, the leader of the uh, Front National. And the two of them had a... An absolutely vicious debate on French television. I was reading about it, and some of the things that they said to one another, uh, Macron saying that uh, that Le Pen is a, quote, hate-filled liar, who, quote, fed off France's misery and uh, would bring civil war to France. She said that he was arrogant, spoiled, a smirking banker, And she also said, France will be led by a woman, either me or Mrs. Merkel. Suggesting clearly that um, that Macron would be not only influenced, but in fact led by the German chancellor who stands for election herself in a matter of months. So France tomorrow decides on its new president. There's also uh, two other elections coming up in Europe in the next, literally, weeks. First uh, is France, then is the U.K., and then comes Germany. Dr. Christian Luprecht is a professor at Queen's University and the Royal Military College, political science professor and also expert on security and terrorism globally and military matters. He spends a great deal of time in Europe. And he watched the debate uh, in person Christian, thank you for taking the time to join us. And how nasty was I just read about the debate. You watched it. How nasty was it? Well, I got the sense that it wasn't really a debate. Uh, Marine Le Pen came out swinging right from the beginning, and you had the sense that she was already sort of resigned to her fate, that she was unlikely to win this election. So it was largely catering to her base in terms of the um, hyperbole and the viciousness with which she came out um, with the propaganda that she was trying to put out before voters rather than actually engaging uh, in serious, substantial uh, issues and policy debates. But I guess we saw something similar in the uh, in the U.S. campaign. Of course, that's deeply disconcerting from a democratic perspective because ultimately what we want to see is candidates debating uh, issues, not ideology. Yeah, and in the United States, as in France, The word was that uh, Donald Trump could not win, just as they're saying Marine Le Pen could not win. 
Is the polling any different? Is there any reason to believe that uh, Marine Le Pen has literally almost no chance of winning this tomorrow? Well, I think there's a lot of people that are going to stay home. Abstention is going to be substantial, in particular people who supported the left and Mélenchon. Uh, Mélenchon, of course, the one major candidate who did not come out to back uh, Macron um, uh, after the first round. Uh, and uh, we shouldn't, I think, underestimate also the divide within France. I mean, this is very much a urban-rural story. This is a story of the north versus the, uh, the story of large urban centers. Um, and so who will actually come out? Plus, then there's been this attempt, of course, in the last uh, 24 or so hours to influence the outcome through uh, a leak of, I guess, substantial amounts of email. That leak had been known for weeks, uh, but now that some of the documents have visibly been doctored, it seems the Macron campaign was well prepared for this because they came back very quickly demonstrating how these emails had been doctored and whatnot. But, of course, uh, certainly ongoing efforts to try to influence uh, the election in favor of Marine Le Pen. There's also an argument to be made uh, that the United States certainly was the most, not the current president, but the most recent president, uh, Barack Obama, who recorded a video um, supporting and encouraging Macron. So there's uh, a lot of talk say, saying, well, why isn't there complaining about Obama supporting uh, Macron? Why isn't there talk about, you know, a foreign power uh, supporting uh, one candidate in a, in a presidential election, and maybe it's not Putin this time, but certainly Obama did that. How much of a factor is that? Uh, right, and I think the, uh, we need to, of course, I think, distinguish between a former uh, elected head of state and head of government and the arguably the largest democracy uh, in the world and people who deliberately go out and manipulate, uh, steal emails, manipulate emails, right. and then deliberately engage in subsequently spreading them, as, for instance, uh, members of the uh, Marine Le Pen camp have done, especially at a moment where the opposition was still able to engage, for instance, with what Obama said, so Marine Le Pen's camp, whereas in this case, in France, there's a law that in the last 48 hours before the campaign, the candidates are not allowed to speak. And so this was deliberately done in an environment where it was going to be clear that Macron was not be, uh, going to be able to engage with the material that has been released, at least in terms of uh, making statements, uh, expressing statements uh, vocally himself. Didn't uh, the French Electoral Authority also say that none of this material, the hacked material, could be publicized, could be made available to the public? So I think that's really interesting, how European democracies are now preparing better for these eventualities. And I think they'll be very interesting to watch also in Germany, where there's already also been active efforts uh, to, spread, uh, to spread narratives, propaganda, and, uh, and, and elements that are simply false and untrue in an effort to already undermine, uh, in particular, Mrs. Merkel, but in more generally the coalition between the, uh, the, the, the conservative Democrats and the, and the uh, social Democrats that is currently uh, in place. Uh, and so I think this will be part of the debate that we will also likely going to have in Canada as to how can we prepare ourselves to make sure that people who engage in uh, efforts that are uh, clearly uh, looking to, um, uh, to to use illegal measures, undemocratic measures, to sway the vote, uh, to try to make sure that this material can not just be unwittingly spread. And that's, I think, where the, for instance, in Canada, the, the, the protection of freedom of expression rather than freedom of speech in the United States will probably also come 
handy here as we need to think about what legislation we are prepared to pass uh, to um, make sure we can protect our democratic debate. A well-informed public pretty much takes care of that. Uh, we could only hope, but we can see, of <laughs> course, that in France, a country that has a very strong education system, mm. uh, that uh, here people, too, have uh, very much preferred to resort to ideology and contrast rather than actual um, informed engagement. But, of course, there are, I think, the interesting thing in France here is that often in elections we have sort of choices between sort of gray spaces. And one thing we can certainly argue uh, in the current French campaign that there is a stark contrast between choices foreign against uh, Europe, foreign against the euro, uh, foreign against Russia, foreign against NATO. I mean, in so many ways, uh, they could not be more different in terms of their political program. How influential is the French president? How much power is there in the president's office in France? Well, this is a very significant office because the president also has significant powers over the executive overall, including, of course, naming the uh, uh, naming the prime minister and cabinet. Um, and so, I mean, traditionally, the office was designed that the president looks after matters of international policy, foreign affairs, defense, uh, and the prime minister looks after domestic affairs. But in practice, the way this has played out constitutionally in the Fifth Republic is that the president uh, really holds many of the levers on both domestic policy and foreign policy, uh, which is why this office is uh, so uh, significant, Um, perhaps not quite the powers that, for instance, a Canadian prime minister has, uh, but nonetheless, whoever holds that office will have a significant impact uh, both on uh, the way forward within the European Union, but also on international organizations of which we as Canada are members, such as the G7. Uh, Talking about the European Union, how much impact will the fact that there will be a British election in just a matter of weeks in which the, uh, the Brits are either going to once again endorse Brexit, which it seems like they will, uh, and the German election coming up. How much impact will the British election, the upcoming German election, have on the French election tomorrow? Um, well, sure. I mean, the, the Theresa May, for instance, who's already complained about uh, the EU trying to uh, unduly influence the election by trying to uh, get the Brits to commit to certain negotiating positions. Uh, the main negotiator for the EU uh, in Brexit is, of course, uh, Michel Barnier, the, the uh, um, uh, former senior French minister. Uh, and so clearly there's interaction, uh, there's strong interaction effects. My broader concern is not necessarily this round of elections, but what elections are going to look like four or five years from now. And uh, there's a uh, strong belief that uh, regardless of who, for instance, wins this time around in France, that Marine Le Pen isn't really gunning for this election. She's really gunning for the next presidential election five years from now, because we know that, especially in France, reforms are extremely difficult to operationalize and implement. And so uh, Le Pen is certainly playing the long game here, not the short game, I think. And uh, this uh, movie is not over yet in terms of uh, what uh, populism and nationalism may hold in terms of electoral outcomes in Europe. Please hold on, uh, Christian. I want to come back and ask uh, some more questions. Like, what, is the, what are the European elections going to be fought over? The three of them. There's, of course, the election campaign in France is over. The vote is tomorrow. But there's the British election campaign and the German election campaign. What are they fought over? Is it over migrants streaming into Euro nations? Is it economies? Is it terrorism? What are going to be the most fundamental, fundamentally important uh, issues 
about the European elections. We'll talk more with Dr. Christian Luprecht right after this. You listen to green, green. you might turn red. red. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Just reading a story in the Washington Examiner. Let me quote it to you. Setting a chilling precedent against free speech rights, Donald J. Trump for President, Inc. has just learned that now all of the mainstream media television networks have decided to block the paid placement of a campaign ad that celebrates the achievements of President Trump in his first 100 days in office. The ad was first released on Monday, May 1. Since then, one by one, the mainstream TV networks have blocked the ad from running, including CNN, ABC, CBS, and NBC. So the networks are blocking the uh, the ad celebrating the 100 days of uh, Trump's administration. Dr. Christian Luprecht is with us, political science professor at Queen's University, Royal Military College, international expert on terrorism, military, and international affairs. What do you make of that, Christian, just as a quick sidebar? Look, I think the media in the U.S. find themselves in a, in a challenging position where, on the one hand, the president will completely alienate them and not give them interviews and whatnot when they don't uh, pander to his particular idiosyncrasies. On the other hand, I think they feel they have a journalistic obligation to represent uh, truth and reality insofar as they reasonably can in their way that they, uh, that they interpret it. And I think there was a strong feeling that this particular ad did not live up uh, to the integrity that we would expect in terms of uh, political um, communication and, uh, and, and ethics uh, as to what you convey as a uh, legitimate mainstream network in the media. And I think that's the choice increasing that media around the world are going to have to make uh, to what extent that they are prepared to defend uh, journalistic ethics um, and the integrity of the information that they spread or prepare to become a, uh, a propaganda arm uh, of whatever um, uh, what, whatever executive uh, happens to be in power, and of course we also have this debate in uh, in Canada and elsewhere in the world, where increasingly taxpayer money uh, is being used to tout particular um, political achievements, uh, rather than um, making sure that we actually uh, engage in informed debate in Parliament, uh, where those uh, as the legislative institution, where in a democracy we should be having that engagement. Back to Europe. If the French were to elect were to elect Le Pen. And if the Brits were to endorse Brexit in their national election, has it become more difficult for Madame Merkel to be re-elected in Germany, or is she secure? Well, sure, because, I mean, to some extent, these are leaders that strongly believe in the executive and in many ways completely undermine the legislative and the judicial branches. And, I mean, I thought personally uh, it, it was embarrassing the extent to which even the British prime minister, I mean, the, the cradle of modern democracy and, uh, and, the, and modern rule of law, if you want, as a, as a state, 
uh, disparaged, for instance, the legislative branch of government when it tried to when it tries to intervene in her Brexit plans, and the uh, and the judicial branch in terms of its decision making around the powers that Parliament should have, and uh, so simply trying to uh, assert herself as uh, this should be purely an executive driven uh, process, and I think those are always disconcerting because, of course, we have uh, a division of uh, we try to divide powers to some extent in democracies in different institutional ways precisely so that the executive is not left unto itself to make crucial positions going uh, decisions going forward uh, in in the uk i mean the brexit campaign was fought on the same sort of lies that we see coming out of le pen and that we see coming out from the alternative for deutschland in uh, in in germany um, and i think this is uh, this is deeply troubling now i guess to some extent to her credit theresa may tries to position herself as uh, not necessarily the brexit Premier, but as the person best able to govern Britain, but part of that campaign has built has been built on all the benefits, the financial benefits that Britain will gain by extracting itself from the EU. To some extent, there is some truth to that. The EU does pay very high membership, uh, sorry, the Britain pays very high membership fees into the European Union. But that's also why the European Union then came back and said, yes, but you also owe us about 100 billion euros going forward, most likely, in terms of the financial commitments you've already made. So. These are challenging debates to have as to who actually is right here. And ultimately, I guess we live in a democracy, so the voters need to decide. And that's where we get back to the point with which you started mm-hmm. on the media, where the media, media need to be in a position to articulate in a fair and balanced way uh, the positions that different candidates hold and defend. And there's a big argument or a strong argument to be made that many media organizations have been hardly objective in the positions they've taken, but that's an argument or a question for another day. I have less than a minute left. The European elections generally, what are they going to be fought over? What are they fought over? Migrants streaming into European nations, economies, terrorism, what's, what, are the, what are the key issues? Well, in France, there wasn't an issue until we had the attack where it all of a sudden became security. Um, in the UK, it becomes an issue of uh, the, the, I guess, the, the sovereignty. And I think people looking back to kind of the Victorian uh, era as sort of rebuilding a, a lost empire in sort of their minds. Uh, in Germany, uh, the discourse, uh, the current government is trying to position itself as the fiscally prudent people uh, who will engage in tax cuts and keep the, uh, and keep the economy going uh, as a counterpart to trying to make sure the campaign does not become a campaign about immigration and security. So I think uh, the, the, the decision is still out on what is going to drive uh, the main issues within Germany. Christian, thank you very much for the time. You're joining us from Australia, where I don't know, it's a god-awful hour of the day, but thank you so much for the time. It's been my pleasure. Talk to you again. Dr. Christian Luprecht on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network and the French vote um, tomorrow. We'll have a report from Global News correspondent and France tomorrow. When we come back, it's the beauties Catherine, Linda, and Michelle, and they have a lot to say.